Yes, yes, it is. So you said that is next week is when you're having camps? Yeah, we have uh, – we use those first two days. A lot of people don't use those first two days. Mm-hmm. So yep. Thursday, Friday, people go on Memorial Day weekend, and then we, 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 uh, we go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we have a very convenient, um, you know, gym. We have all three – we have three courts, yeah. you know, side by side. So I can have – you know, I, we can start games from 9 a.m. to t- 9 p.m., um, on all three courts. So yeah, that's I, I was I was telling Nate just a second ago. I played for the uh, the Tennessee Travelers when, before they changed to uh, Kentucky, and we I mean I had you know uh, countless numbers of uh, practices at um, at Maryville. Yeah, back in 2010, 2011, or something like that. Uh, and yeah, y'all I mean y'all have a great facility. Yeah, yeah. Fortunate man, fortunate to have that here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Coach. I'll go ahead and introduce you real quick. Um, uh, we have Coach Raul Plasteros on the show with us today. He is the head coach at uh, Maryville uh, Division Three and in, uh, in, in right outside of Knoxville. Uh, coach, man, appreciate it again. Thank you for your time. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Um, no, just ask you how you're doing, but you know, what, what anything else going on? Are you getting ready for summer? Um, kind of, you know, just tell, tell us, tell us what's going on. Summer camps, man, and being the best girl dad I can be. My daughter plays uh, real competitive soccer. She's 12 years old. And- so we're going to Atlanta this weekend, and then we got the state championship. Um, actually, in Murfreesboro on the following week. So, um, you know, with soccer, my wife and I traveling for my daughter, and camp coming up will be pretty dang busy. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, coach. So, just give a give us a quick recap on your season because you guys had a heck of a season. Yeah, man. You know, we we were fortunate to to scrimmage you guys and. Um, you know, obviously that got us really ready for our season. We, we, we scrimmaged you guys and then had an exhibition game against Sanford. Um, I thought we fared well in both. Um, kind of gave me an idea that this team had, you know, had, had the capabilities of, of having a good year. And, you know, we started 18 and one, which is the best start in program history. And, you know, we've been, you know, pretty good for a long time. And obviously, you know, excited about that. Won our second consecutive regular season championship um, and the fourth in the last six years. Um, and finished 20 and four, uh, obviously had 17 great weeks. You know, we were 18 and one with 10 days to go and, you know, finished two and three and, and that's basketball sometimes for, you know, we had some unfortunate things, um, happen towards the end of the year with injuries. Um, but you can't, you, you know, every, every team goes through things like that, you know, but, uh, learning lesson, hopefully we can learn from it and, and come stronger, um, and better prepared, um, this upcoming season. Yeah, it's a, that sounds tough to be uh, more better, or I'm, I'm, I want to phrase it right, but to be better prepared than an 18 and one start. But uh, coach, you're always looking for ways to get better. So I admire. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So I mean, you know, what's next from here? Obviously, you know, the uh, great season, hot start. Um, you know, didn't finish how you want to. What's you know, how do you how did you how do you approach? Well, it? We graduated two good pieces. Our, our starting point guard was a senior. Our four man starting four man was a senior, um, and then I lost my my. Uh, starting center to the portal. Uh, yeah. He ended up transferring, um, going into his senior year. But, you know, that's the things that we're dealing with in, in today's game. And um, it's part of it, you know, and that's why we recruit as, as good as we can recruit in our area. And uh, I feel really good about the pieces that we're bringing in with, with six returners that got very valuable time. And um, our best player, who was the defensive player in the year, Miles Raznick from Knoxville Webb, um, he was a transfer from ETSU. Um, you know, he was a first team all conference defensive player of the year, all South. He'll be returning. I got another transfer from Tennessee tech, um, chase Ridenauer, um, who averaged double digits for us, started, uh, basically every game for us until he got hurt last game of the year. He got hurt and didn't play in the last game. 
Um, and then in the first round of the other conference tournament, and, you know, and then bring a, a real heady guard from Sandy Creek High School down in Georgia. Pretty good program. Um, he'll be back and uh, just got got guys and pieces that fit together. And, and hopefully these young guys can can learn from them and, and hopefully have a better season than we just had. That's what you're trying to do as a coach. Yeah. And I, I think I think you do a great job of finding those kids that are they could definitely be playing at the next, like a like a division, well, low division one, high division two, mid division two uh, program. And you've done a great. Man, we job recruited you, man. I wanted you. I wanted you really bad, <laughs> well, man. And, but you know, hey. I was like, man, no, nobody's gonna want this. You know, six foot, one hundred and fifty pounds, southern wet little point guard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just but generous on the six up. foot. <laughs> You're on the six foot. I am nowhere near that, Coach. I'm nowhere but, uh, near that. No, but like Miles Rasnick is like a perfect example. Like yeah. it, undersized, but if we're talking about a kid that can just play the game of basketball, that's him. Yeah, I man. Mean, you know, and you know, I, I think you were alluding to that. You know, we try to do our due diligence in regards to seeing things in guys that maybe other bigger programs at the time are not seeing. Um, and you know, we, we take our time in the evaluation period, like like most coaches do. Um, but yeah, we, 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 have to, you know, we have to be in order to be good as, as good as we've been for, for such a long time, mm-hmm. we got to find guys that are being recruited by D2s, um, that have the capabilities of becoming a division one player by the second, third year in college. So, um, you know, my assistant and I, you know how it is at this level, there's not, there's not much help. So it's two guys to, yeah. to it off, but, uh, um, yeah, coach McCord, my assistant does a, a fantastic job as well, um, in the recruiting process. For sure. For sure. Um, I wanted to so kind of piggybacking off what Nate just said uh, about, you know, about players and stuff. Obviously, you know, reading up a little bit on your bio, obviously, you know, uh, Hugh, you know, player development. That's one of your big things. Kind of just what's your approach to player development? How do you how do you go about what's your approach to that? Man, I think is is maximizing players strengths. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of kids nowadays focus so much on their weaknesses and that's fine. That's part of the process. But I think really honing in on what you do well and do it a lot, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, you know, just, you know, we have kind of, kind of stole it from Doug Novak, you know, um, you know, be great at things that happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's yes. layups, um, chess passes, be that's a good shoot threes. Passer. Uh, we're, we're talking about the, the, the simple things. And as we know, and you guys have been in this game for a while as well is, you know, um, you got to master those simple things and, you know, then you can pick up on, you know, on, on combo moves and, and uh, up and unders and whatever you want to, you know, take your game to what level you want to take to. But um, we try to focus on, on the simple fundamentals day in and day out in practice. And, and hopefully that helps, you know, their, their player development in their four years here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. That's great. Um, coach, I'm going to transition just for a second. So you were the assistant coach at Maryville College for a little while. What was the toughest part of or biggest lesson going from an assistant coach at Maryville to the head coach at Maryville? Well, man, I started at a really young age. I was lucky enough to, to, to be a high school head coach at 23. I was, was a high school head coach at 23. I did that for four years. I was at Gallenberg Pittman. And you know, once you taste being a head coach and you're in charge and you're setting up practices and what time you want to be in, what time you want to be out, and then now you you work for someone, you know, and I was mm-hmm. um, fortunate enough to play for someone I played for, work with someone I played for, and, um, you know, coaches thing with me, we joke about it all the time, when he, he got me out of Gatlinburg, he said he wanted me to replace him once he retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, big, you know, I got four years left. 
well, four years turned into eight years because we were <laughs> double <laughs> so, down. <laughs> a hard thing, you know, you asked, a difficult thing was um, feeling like I was ready, um, mm. but still having to be patient enough to, to wait for my opportunity. Um, mm. and, 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 you know, I'm a big believer in God, and, and I think God prepared me for the opportunity when it needed to be presented. And, and you know, eight years in, that's when my time came. And, um, you know, I was just, I've been very fortunate because coach, it was basically two head coaches on one staff, right? And mm. Gave me free reign um, from scouting to on the floor to calling the R offensive plays to um, he did everything in his power to to help me uh, be prepared when I, my opportunity came and you know I'll be eternally thankful for that um, from coach. That's awesome. That's awesome. Certainly. Um, all right, coach. So you you uh um I guess I'm, I'm again I'm reading your bio here and, and mentioned how you won uh with Under Armour with B Mays Elite. I didn't realize you were with B Mays Elite, Under Armour National Championship, right? We lost in the in the national championship. We we lost okay. by two. Okay. D three grind out of Indy, but uh, bad. It, it says to the national championship game. I apologize. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I jumped to the, yeah. I've been close, man. I've been I, as a player. I lost in the final four in JUCO. Yeah. Uh, um, went to a couple of Sweet Sixteens and went to, you know, God is just he got a funny sense of humor, man. You know, he's, man, he does, doesn't for he? the right time. <laughs> he does. Um, so, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, just like, kind of give us the AAU side of coaching more as opposed to the college, and just you know, because that's, I mean, that's such an important interval. Yeah, you know, I did it. Um, I did it for many, many reasons. When when I took the opportunity to be Mays, you know, I, I was getting myself ready to be a head coach. Um, I was one year away. We, we had, you know, that was. That was the luxury for me. I knew exactly when I was going to become the head coach. And so I was I was preparing myself um, for that. So, you know, it gave me another opportunity to be in charge, run plays, yeah. um, you know, those timeouts that are crucial in the college game to prepare myself for that. And but I also wanted the ins and outs of AAU at the highest level. Yeah. And, and I got that, you know, I, you know, nine of my 10 guys signed Division One and, you know, and I helped both groups. I helped the 16s and the 17s. And, um, you know, we've had an NBA, the NBA player in Jaden Springer that went to Tennessee and, yep. um, you know, um, number one rated point guard in the country and Jaden Bradley who's going to Alabama this year. No, just fortunate um, to have a great team, great kids um, and got to see it at the highest of levels. You know, I remember coming back and seeing Anthony Edwards as a, as a sophomore and he, he rattled off 27 consecutive points against Nico Mannion and the green kid um, who I think is with Dallas played at Arizona. Jalen, oh, I came uh, back and I said, you know, I only know a little bit about basketball, but my man's going to be really good in the NBA. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I, I, you know, I had never seen that. You know, it was three dunks, fadeaways, pull-ups, like, um, but, it, you know, it, it got me to, to, to do things at the, I believe, the highest of levels when it comes to AAU. Uh, yeah. Got to travel, you know, the entire country and, and, and was fortunate to coach some really, really good players that, that yeah. at the time, I believe they'll tell you now it was good for them as a college. They were being coached like they were in college. And, and I think it helped them transition into the college game. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, you also kind of got to not that it was an experiment, but you got to kind of find your, you know, your, your coaching voice or whatever. You know, you got to find kind of what you wanted to call and, and basically kind of, you know, throw in something here, kind of what would stick. Yeah. It didn't work. And that prepared you for, you know, where you are now. Is that something you would uh, you, you suggest, you know, any young coach do, you know? Uh, yeah, I think, man, anytime you have an opportunity to to get better at your craft. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Parents, you know how it is when you're you're a coach. You know, my daughter plays basketball as well. Everybody wants wants me to coach them. Like I like I have so much time on my hands, <laughs> but I, I grabbed the opportunity to do it. Even at, you know, I coached her little group uh, two years ago um, during December. We were off and they went into a tournament. Their coach couldn't coach them, and you know, I just I was coaching fifth grade girls, man. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, at every level you'll be able as a coach, um, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you're going to extract things from those, those experiences. And, and to me, even at that young age, you know, patience is really key and communication is really key, um, for those young kids, um, those young girls at, at that point. And, um, you know, it made me a better communicator because, because I had to slow down and by nature, you know, I'm Cuban. So my, my blood boils a lot hotter than most. <laughs> so I got, you know, that's the Miami in me. Um, so, you know, it, it just, um, it, it just gave me a lot more patience and, and it, you know, definitely I think uh, has helped me in, in my coaching profession. Yeah. So, I mean, going off that, you're talking about coaching your daughter in fifth grade, which leads me to this question is as a college coach, try to describe the work-life balance you have with the limited time you have to be a good father and a great husband. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I share this. I'm very, what you see is what you tell type of guy. I think you noticed that coach Nate, you know, when we met down, you know, at the scrimmage, I, you know, um, one of the things that I wasn't very good at when I was young at 23, um, you know, recently just getting married um, was balancing my time. Right. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you're young, I took a program that wasn't very good and I made them a state, you know, we were number two in the state for two consecutive years, my last two years there. So we were competing for a state championship and I was mm -hmm. so immersed in trying to be the very best and having aspirations to be a college coach. And, you know, I, I, I failed in understanding that work-life balance with my wife. Um, we recently had just had a, my, my daughter at the time, my last year at Gatlinburg. And, you know, I really had to understand, man, I need to put myself in her shoes. She works full time. She mm -hmm. does everything um, that, that, you know, I need a, as a husband and, I needed to understand that, you know, I needed to cut it off at some point. And I'll tell you, as, as I've gotten older now, it's still hard. I still make mistakes. But I'll tell you this. Um, I try to get home, you know, typically at, at our level, 7 o'clock, maybe I get home. Mm -hmm. I give my family the two, three hours before my daughter needs to go to bed um, to go to school. And then I start my work after everybody's in bed. And, yeah, I, I'm really tired during the year. Um, but I also – I believe that that those two, three hours that we get together are extremely important. Mm. Uh, so, um, I, I, you know, I, my advice to young coaches, you have to find that perfect someone that understands what you do. Yeah. If you don't, you won't be able to maximize your potential as a coach because your, your home life is not going to be balanced. And if your home life is not balanced, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I don't think you can be the best coach you can be. So, you know, I'm fortunate to have a wife who, who, who believes in what I do and, and lets me do what I love to do. Um, and, and they're both understanding because there is they sacrifice a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm fortunate to, to, to be in these shoes and, and this, be in this position um, that they both support me um, wholeheartedly. So, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm kind of seeing uh, I'm starting to step into that. So my wife and I have been married, I guess, three years now. We got married and immediately into college coaching. But then I guess four weeks ago tomorrow, 
four weeks ago from tomorrow. Yeah, that made sense. All right. Um, we had our first kid. So now it's like just that transition. And I'm just yeah. glad. I know this is going to sound terrible. I'm just glad it wasn't during season because I don't know how yeah. I would have been doing everything. It's I need this hard, you know, period right now. I, I actually, <laughs> you know, funny story. My daughter was born January 8th of 2010. And the, she was born. Um, there was a big stone storm in Knoxville. Because if not, I would have missed Gallenberg Pigment versus Fulton. At the time, Fulton was number one in the state, and we were number two. So it was the biggest game of the year. But it was a snowstorm. So um, it got canceled. But, you know, I had it right in the middle of the year, um, you know, yeah. and, you know, at, at the biggest time of the year. And, um, you know, I'll tell you that the better husband, I've said this many times, the better husband I've become and the better father I've become, I think I'm a better coach because of that. And, uh, you know, you, you have to really dedicate your time to your family. Um, you know, we work 12, 16 hours a day if you want to be really good. And, you know, it's not the amount of time. It, it, it's the time, that, that the quality of time that you do spend together. So I, I try my very best. Whatever time that is, I'm there. Um, I still fail at that because you know how it is. You're, you're thinking about Jimmy and Joey and, and Ricky. What's he doing in the dorm? And, you know, it's Friday night and we got a game Saturday. Are they going out? And yeah. <laughs> that, that never stops, right? Um, yeah. But, but you have to. You have to find some way somehow to uh, um, – you know, just be present in the time you're with them. So what, what specific? Yeah, and, and hold up one, one second. I said, so is just going off that I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, being a better husband and father, it's, you're probably practicing more patience. Oh, you're probably yeah. practicing these things that are just like easily translating back to your players. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and I fail a lot, you know, I'll be honest with you. I fail a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it gives me great balance to, to, you know, be self-aware of, all right, let me get it back in, you know, under control. Let, let me, um, you know, tune it out a little bit more, right? Let, you know, turn it off when I get home, you know, you know, turn the sound of the phone off because, you know, um, I got to give them two to three hours and I don't need no interruptions, right? Whether it's yeah. a recruit or a parent or my guys or um, whatever it is, you know? So pri- pri- you're prioritizing. I mean, and, that, you and that's the, you're like prioritizing yeah. your hours. That, that's, yeah, and, that's beautiful. And, and, and I'll share this with you. One thing that I've done throughout my career, there's only two things that I promote on social media. I promote my family because I love, you know, my family, my entire family is in Miami. Um, you know, my wife's family is here in Tennessee in East Tennessee. But um, I promote my family and my program because I think it's important for young kids to see the importance of being a good husband and a good father. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the more that I can push that um, and that's something that they're typically on, I think that helps them grow as young men because, you know, yeah, I want to teach them all the basketball that I can. I want to win so many games. But experience tells me that, man, if they're seeing the type of father I am, and even though how busy I am, that I still give time to my wife and my kids, I hope that they see that and they can translate that into, into the real world And once they become men and fathers and husbands. So um, I think that's important for, for young men to, to see that in their coaches. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's that's exactly, well, that's what I was going to ask, Nate. I mean, I, I was going to you know, ask, like, kind of what specific ways that, you know, being a father has has made you, you know, translated to you being a better coach. But y- y'all pretty much just answered that one. <laughs> uh, man, but even, you know, y'all mentioned time and stuff. Like, I've been – and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm 27, 27. But, like, time is, is – has become, for me at least, re- like a, a real – like, it's become way more real than it ever has. Um, and I don't know. And I know y'all are, y'all are talking about that experience and that same thing, but time is time, time is, is a real thing. 100% real thing. I'm sorry about that. Um, I didn't mean for that to do that anyway. I'm glad um, you made it here. 
<laughs> so glad you made it here. Yeah, yeah, glad, yeah, glad I made it here. Um, Coach, uh, tell to us. Uh, you mentioned you said uh, the I guess the Sweet Sixteen in junior college. I, I want to hear about you know your playing experience um, and kind of just you know mm. from that perspective of playing. In yeah, junior- I'm originally well, yeah born and raised in Miami. I played at Gulliver Prep. You know, I was all city first team, which is a big deal. That's a big city. So um, I was a pretty good high school player. But a lot like Nate, I I was, uh, you know, didn't have great size, wasn't very physically imposing. I weighed a buck 55. Yeah. Um, So a lot of people passed up on me. And, and, you know, when I look at it, then when I was a young kid, I was like, man, I'm first first team all city in one of the biggest cities in the world. And I really didn't have much, right, Um, from a Mm -hmm. level standpoint. And and a young man by the – a gentleman by the name of Tommy Dempsey, um, took a chance on me. Tommy Dempsey was the head coach at Ryder for a while and he was the head coach at Binghamton. And uh, I went to Keystone Junior College and I had two very successful years there. Went to a Final Four and a Sweet 16. Um, put up some nice numbers. Um, had opportunities uh, of going Division Two, walking on at East Carolina at uh, a junior college. Um, but I was really, I wanted to get back home. You know, I went from Miami to the Pocono Mountains, right? To Scranton, Scranton, Scranton uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, and, wow. Barry University, which is a D2 back home, recruited me really hard. And, man, it came down to me and, and, uh, and a kid from Brazil. And they went with the kid. Yeah. And I had told all those other D schools up in, in the Northeast that, you know, I, you know, I'm not interested. I'm going home. Yeah. And, man, from – I promise you, it was like one day to the next. I had a, a, a friend of mine who transferred from Florida International to Maryland and uh, loved it. And said, hey, man, I think you should really give this a try. And, you know, and I was just like most kids are, right? Like, I want to prove to everybody I'm a D1 guy and um, I'm going to play at the highest level. And and something told me, you know what, man, I really want to play. Yeah. And, and this program wins a lot. I visited. The area was great. People were so nice to me. You know how East Tennessee people are. They're great. Yeah. And, and I said, you know what, I have only person I have to prove something to is myself. I, I got to be the very best player I can be. Man, I came here for two years. I was all conference both years. Um, went to a Sweet 16. Went to a round of 32. Never lost a conference game. Um, you know, um, broke the record for assists um, as a junior uh, in a game. I had 17 assists in a game. Whew. I got my fix in. Nate would have never had. Nate would have never had 17 assists. I can. Uh, t- you would have had 17 threes. <laughs> 17 threes. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, th- three attempts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, man, you know, and then I got my fix in. I became a head coach at 23. Like I said, I worked for the school system. I was a translator for the entire school system and, and uh, oh, wow. was coach at Gallenberg Pimmon. And at that time, the Rocky Top League was big here in East Tennessee. That's when Bruce Pearl was here. And so I played in that league. And then an ABA team came into town, Knoxville Thunderbolts at the time. And, you know, I got my fix in. I got to play some semi-pro ball while I was here. Um, had an opportunity out of college to go to Ohm, Germany. Um, if you follow D3 sports, uh, Jeff Gibbs is one of the best D3 players of all time. Um, he's played for that Ohio team that typically wins that, that, uh, money tournament. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Lee Humphrey who played at Florida ended up playing at, at that at the time when I played the club was like, you know, a third division and, you know, they weren't mm-hmm. first division team in Germany. And, uh, man, I made the, my first mature decision out of college, you know, the school system offered me a, a central office position. And a head coaching job, and I passed that up at 23, you know, uh, and and I got my fixing, like I said, in regards to playing. Um, but uh, you know, been able to travel. Um, you know, um, basketball has given me a lot, man. You know, I come from real humble beginnings. I'm a 
my son of Cuban immigrant parents. And, you know, I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. And, you know, since then I had, you know, cousins and nieces and nephews do it. And, uh, you know, I've just been blessed. The game has given me a lot. And that's why I try to give it as much back as, as I possibly can. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I'll say it if nobody else will, but I mean, you're, you're the definition of hard work and what, and what you can do with hard work. And, and, and I don't even know you as well as other people know you that it literally sat in the trenches with you. But I mean, it just speaks to this, speaks to you work at work ethic from how you are. And Hey, there's, there's something about little people that we know not, I'm just saying just a little bit smaller people. We got to work a little bit harder at times. We got to work a little bit harder. But at the same time, I'm like just going back to the first question I asked about recruiting, um, how you guys are able to recruit is a testament to how hard you guys work. And just like I could go down the line and down the line. So I just wanted to shout you out on that real quick. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, Coach, you mind, uh, you mind doing some rapid fire questions with us here real quick before we wrap up? Of course, up? man. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, first question. Uh, last technical. Uh, last technical, um, as an assistant, um, Barry Mathis was a local ref. He does a lot of D1 games, um, big games when I play. Yeah. He gave me a tech, um, cause I said something at him as an assistant, obviously not a good move. Uh, great thing <laughs> that we're winning by a lot. Didn't hurt us. Um, funniest technical I ever got as a high school coach. I got, I only got one, I got two. Yeah. But one of them, um, big game, semifinals of the district tournament. Um, Jody Wright's a big-time coach in this area. Um, his, his uh, I think his brother-in-law is the head of commissioners of the Oak Ridge Association, and they had our playoff game. You know, I just felt like, man, the calls ain't going our way this, this today. And uh, I went to get a drink of water, and one of the rest popped me for being out of my box. Oh, um, so What? Um, but you live and you learn. I was out of my box, right? I should have had somebody give me a drink of water, not me. <laughs> That's those are the two texts I, that i that i can remember yeah you ever so you never been kicked out of a game as a coach no no, no. i don't uh, think i'll ever let you know i'm gonna knock on wood yeah I, 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 <laughs> I hope that never happens <laughs> <laughs> um all right have you uh ever dunked a basketball on a 10-foot rim yes in a game I heard a little bit of this when uh uh Ty, coach holloway was on here um only time I did was a, a midnight madness my junior year. I was in the best shape of my life, and, you know, I didn't have humongous hands to really grip it as good, so they lobbed it up, and I just threw it, it in the game. Not even close. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, all right, okay, you are up three at the end of a the game. They have the last shot. Do you foul or let it play out? Uh, less than six seconds, yes, I foul. Yeah. I think okay. you need to do too many things right. Um, you know, you got to hit the first one. You got to miss the second one on purpose. You got to get it and yep. you got to score it. I'd rather take those chances than, you know, any joker just throwing something from somewhere and tying it up. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. Are you leaving your best player in with two fouls in the first half? That's one thing I've learned, boys, and I've told this to a lot of young and old coaches. I don't believe in that. You got to learn to play through fouls. I'd rather lose with my best players on the floor. Yeah. And when my man sitting next to me and not doing anything, right? Like, um, he goes zone. He may guard the worst player. Uh, let him score. Yeah. I need you on the floor. And uh, I, I see a lot of coaches, um, guys pick up two fouls. Man, the guy's 17, you know, three minutes into the game, they don't touch the floor again. Um, and I think that really hurts with the rhythm. Um, right. so, uh, um, all right, okay. Uh, go for the tire, go for the win. 
and I don't know. That's a t- that's a tough one. I I, I want. <laughs> so let's go for the win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, casual or professional on the sidelines? Um, you know, everybody's saying the same thing, and I, you know, casual. Thank God, you know, you know, I know COVID was horrible for a lot of people. Yeah. But in sports, if there's a positive to it, it's, it's the fact that we don't have to wear ties, <laughs> man. Um, yeah. You know, picking a tie. Um, you know, superstitious as I am, you know. Uh, if I lose, I'm not wearing the same tie all year. So you start running out of ties if you're having a bad year. So, um, you know, the casual, the casual is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, all right, okay, early morning practice or evening or night practice? I wish we can do early morning. We, we have to do afternoon practices, but, but I, I feel like my teams are much better from like 10 a.m. If we can do that 10 a.m. to noon yeah. slot, I think the guys are much better, you know, but it's yeah. either 4.30 to 6.30 or 6.30 to 8.30, boys, you know. Those 6.30, 8.30, those are not good after a whole day of school. No. That's, long, that's a long day right there. Uh, I'm not good. If you, if, if you were not coaching basketball, what would you be doing? Uh, teaching. Teaching. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, part of the reason I, I got into basketball is I, I wanted to be a teacher. That's what I majored in. I was a history major in college. And, you know, I, I just like, you know, um, mentoring and empowering young people to, to be their very best. And, and I think if I wasn't coaching basketball, you know, I'd be teaching in some capacity. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, you play any golf? I don't. No. Number one, I save money. Number two, I'm probably horrible at it. <laughs> that's true. Golf is expensive, man. Golf is expensive. <laughs> it is. Um, all right, okay. Uh, should every team make the conference tournament? Oof. Um, you know, one thing I wish we would change, and, you know, people are not going to do it, but I think there's more merit in winning a regular season championship than it is being yes. a weekend. So I, I, I wish we would we would change and get the the NCA automatic bid from the regular season. Um, you know, I, I brought that you know to our league. Obviously, people are, are not going to want that, but I think there's more value in what you've done for a whole year than, like I said, in, in a week of basketball. A lot of like for us, we lost two guys. It's hard to replace two of your top eight guys in a day and things like that happen. And, you know, here goes a team that was 18 and one. And at one point top 10 in the country, and we didn't even get a birth into the NCAA tournament, you know? And, uh, you know, I just feel like I wish the regular season was, was rewarded a lot more. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Last one coach, um, LeBron or Jordan. Uh, neither. I hate both. No, man, I don't hate. I don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a big Laker fan. I'm a big Magic Johnson guy. Okay. Um, so I go Magic. Um, but uh, I, I think um, both great um, in their in their eras. Yeah. Uh, um, I think Jordan's just a little bit tougher. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'll take toughness over anything else. Over size, athleticism. I just think. Jordan's, you know, physical and mental toughness, it's, it's evident in the things that he did. So I'm taking Jordan. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, man, well, Coach, that's a wrap for today. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Where can, uh, where can people find you on uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever? Man, Twitter, I, I think it's like MC Coach Placeres or something like that. Um, you know, um, I'm easy to find. And, you, know, you just got to find that shiny uh, Cuban bald head of mine um, <laughs> when you're going through Twitter. But, yeah, I'm – you know, I'm, I'm active on social media, as you both know. That's important in today's yep. today's age, and you know, connecting with with uh, not only recruits but their parents and letting them see what you're doing with your program. So, um, MC Coach Placeres on Twitter. Cool, cool. 
Um, well, Coach, I appreciate it, man. I, I think that that's all we got for you today. Um, Nate, you got anything real quick? No, I just appreciate you coming on. Brother, keep doing it. Um, keep pushing the game. And um, I love when young coaches do this, man. And if I can do anything for either one of y'all, I'm a phone call, email, or a text away. So appreciate your time, and, and thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, Coach. You got it.